Hi, this is Daniel T. Dorrance, uh, production designer of U.S. versus Billy Holiday, and I'm about to be the guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. It's time for another edition of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is episode 539 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Daniel T. Dorrance is going to be joining us now. Daniel has been behind the scenes of many big movies, and he has been uh, the art director or the production designer for so many movies, including A Good Day to Die Hard, or also The Expendables 3, Braveheart, Saving Private Ryan, and uh, the upcoming Planet of the Apes movie, the new one that's coming out. And on February 26th on Hulu, you can catch his latest movie that he's worked on, The United States of Billy Holiday. That's coming up. So uh, Daniel Torrance is coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. Also, I want to remind you that uh, if you want to hear one of our blasts from the past, one of our past episodes here at On Screen and Beyond, uh, the one that I've just put up is Rose Marie from the Dick Van Dyke Show. That's right. Uh, way, way back she was on the show. And uh, also on that show, it's a double bill. We had Rose Marie from the Dick Van Dyke Show and Dorothy DeBorba from Our Gang. Now, that, that takes you way, way back. And I, I think that was episode f- 49. So uh, that's, one, uh, that's our latest blast from the past. And uh, we've got all sorts of things coming your way here at On Screen and Beyond. 500 episodes coming your way, so stick around for those. And we've got more great guests all the way through March. We've got them lined up already, and they're going to be coming at you each week. So be sure to join us right here on On Screen and Beyond. What do you say? Let's get into it. It's time for Remake Madness on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness, well, a reboot remake of Paranormal Activity is in the works, and it looks like a March 4th, 2022 release on that one. And a remake of Disney's Hercules, the animated movie, now going to be a live-action film, and it's moving along with the Russo brothers this time at the helm. And, of course, one of the Russo brothers was a guest here at On Screen and Beyond in our past, so uh, I'll try to get that one posted, reposted for you. And uh, no word yet when that's going to be released, since it's in the very early stages. And Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Weingard has signed on to direct a remake of 1997's action film Face Off, which originally starred John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And that's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies, Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling will star in a new Russo Brothers film called The Gray Man. Evans plays the villain, and Gosling is going to be playing the rival assassin. It will show on Netflix, but there's no date yet on that. And Kerry Washington and Charlize Theron will be joining the cast of Netflix, The School for Good and Evil. It's a fantasy film where ordinary boys and girls train to be fairy tale heroes and villains. And Rachel McAdams and Ant-Man's Abby Ryder Fortson will star in Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Production starts in April. 
And that's it for upcoming new movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming away as far as upcoming new sequels? Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Sequel City, well, it looks like sequels are coming your way. Work has begun on Paddington 3. No director is, uh, it's an early stage yet, so they haven't got to that. And 2019's Escape Room gets a sequel coming January 7th, 2022. And Captain Marvel 2 will be directed by Nina DaCosta, who directed the remake of Candyman. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? <laughs> TV on DVD, May 18th. Beverly Hills 90210, The Ultimate Collection, comes our way. And The Alienist, Angel of Darkness, stalks the streets and store shelves on Blu-ray and DVD on May 18th. And March 16th, Wonder Chosen, the complete series, lands on DVD. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? Movies on DVD, March 2nd, Zappa hits DVD and Blu-ray telling the story of musician Frank Zappa. Also on March 2nd, look for Fatal with Hilary Swank and get Songbird on Blu-ray and DVD on March 16th. That's it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. TV and Entertainment Time, the CBS show Mom has been canceled. And Paramount is working on a Yellowstone prequel called Why 1883. It will come our way on Paramount Plus in late 2021, and it will follow the Dutton family as they head across the Great Plains. And Amazon is working on a TV series version of the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which starred Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt when it was a film. You can look for that uh, new one with, without Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie for uh, coming our way in 2022. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we have production designer, art director Daniel T. Dorrance coming our way. His new movie coming out on Hulu on February 26th is The United States versus Billie Holiday. But of course, he did all kinds of other ones. Braveheart, Saving Private Ryan, uh, The New Planet of the Apes. That'll be coming out. All sorts of stuff. We're going to talk with him next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today's guest on On Screen and Beyond is responsible for making us feel we are on another world or in the past while watching a movie. He has worked in many, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he has worked with many directors including Steven Spielberg, J.J. Abrams, John Favreau, and even Mel Gibson. His movie work includes Braveheart, A Good Day to Die Hard, Saving Private Ryan, 
Mission Impossible 2 and 3, and The Expendables 3. His latest film, coming on February 26th to Hulu from director Lee Daniels, is The United States vs. Billie Holiday. It's production designer Daniel T. Dorrance. Daniel, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, Daniel, we've had so many different guests on On Screen and Beyond. We've had... uh, directors, cinematographers, we've had actors, we've had everything you can think of, but I've never had a production designer. <laughs> so well, let's... I, I feel honored. <laughs> so let's start off by telling our audience exactly what a production designer does and what the difference is between a production designer and an art director, which I know you've done both. Correct. Uh, basically, I, I, at the, as a production designer, you're the head of the art department. Um, uh, you could say, as the art director, you're second in command. So just that's the distinction between those two real quickly. But uh, under that umbrella, as the art department, you have uh, set decoration, you have the prop department, you have picture vehicles, and construction. Uh, and we are all basically in charge of what's behind the actors in the scene, you know, i.e. the set. Uh, be it a location, be it a, a build on stage, um, that's all falls under my umbrella and my duties um, on the film. Hmm. So I, I uh, initially speak with the director about uh, any given description on a scene, um, break it down, break the whole script down. Um, you know, this uh, script could have between 20 and 200 sets. Uh, you, you attack one at a time, um, and then with brief... Um, descriptions from the director. You start there, and you start to conceptualize um, and try to try to find out what he's after. And then once you hit that, you you hit the next steps as you go. Yeah. Huh. So that's kind of the overall simple version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot more involved of things than. Uh, but now with a film like The United States versus Billy Holiday, uh, you're you're taking us back into our actual past as opposed to say like when you did the, the Maze Runner World movies, uh, which you worked on, and uh, you sort of, I, I'm presuming you sort of had a blank canvas to come up with what the world was going to look like back then. Is it harder to work on a production that, you know, we know what it possibly should look like as opposed to a movie that, you know, I don't know, say an avatar that, you know, nobody knows what it is, so you're just going to make something up. Is, is it more difficult with real, real life? Um, I suppose. Oh boy, it's, um, it's funny. The, the things that are more that are more difficult about both those subjects are where you're going to shoot it, um, what the time frames are, um, you know, i.e., schedule and how much prep you had and things like that. Those become more of the of the the sort of daunting task as opposed to the subject matter. Now, you could say a period film. You know, everyone kind of has a, a sense of what the 20s or the 40s may have looked like in New York, um, and it's not too hard to go and do a little research and find that out. Um, so you, you definitely have that to, to lean on, um, you know, sort of history photographs and things like that. Mm-hmm. With um, any futuristic kind of project, really ha- there's a lot more concept that goes on. So, uh, I'll, you know, any given piece of artwork, you know, you may do it 10 times before you find the right... Um, path that the, uh, the director wants to go down. Um, so harder, I suppose, is harder because you're, you're starting with a blank canvas. Sure, mm-hmm. that's, that's my long-winded answer. Yeah. 
Yeah. So did you work closely with uh, Lee Daniels on this? And, and of course, I'm sure you're working with everybody on the film because, I mean, th- th- what you do really, I mean, they can have the greatest actors in the world, but if, if what you do isn't right, it's going to show. Yeah, I, I like to I like to think so. Um, yes, working with Lee on this, uh, oddly enough, this film was up and running a couple of years prior, so I had done a lot of research during that time frame. Um, so I had my head already kind of around, you know, the, the look of that era and the places we were, we were trying to hit, which were all the clubs and things like that. So when it came back around and we actually went to to photography on this. I had a good head start. So I found a, a very key image, which actually makes it into the film. Which is, uh, There's a scene where she's walking across like a Times Square-looking space. You know, all the city and, and, it's, and it's grandeur in the background, you know, lights and everything. Well, I had found a colorized version of Times Square, which had just this great palette to it that some artists had just chosen, and it just felt right. So I did a little Photoshop, um, adding Billie Holiday uh, slash Andra, uh, which was fantastic, because Andra sort of has a style, kind of a retro style anyway, with how she dresses, so she kind of fit right into the scene. Mm-hmm. I think I gave her a fur coat and an umbrella or something, and I showed that to Lee, and, it, and to him, it, like that was like, it nailed the essence of where we wanted to head on this movie, you know, sort of palette-wise, uh, and just tone. Um, he liked that image so much, he ended up finding a scene to put it in the movie, and that's what lands in the movie as uh, when she's walking across this, this you know, she's sort of on, on the, looking for drugs or something, and she's on, on her way to do so. And we thought we'd just have her walk across this sort of space, you know, she's just one little you know, entity in the big world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so with working with Lee, that's the kind of things that, and then we start going back and forth, and then we have to decide where we're going to shoot it. Um, and that came down to uh, Canada in the end, and then we said, okay, is it going to be Toronto or Montreal? Um, and once we, um, we, we we talked about uh, Toronto uh, a little bit and decided, you know, a lot of their heritage uh, architecture is being torn down, um, and we're probably better off going to Montreal because they have, you know, sort of old Montreal area and, and a lot of older architecture. So we made that choice, so that's where we decided to shoot the film. Hmm. Uh, and a lot of and those reasons are tax incentive reasons, uh, money exchange, things like that. Almost things that have nothing to do with the look of the movie ultimately. But uh, a lot of times that's what happens. You know, you're going somewhere where the studio um, has a good tax incentive, and that's where they want you to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, and some of the, and sometimes those cases you're you're doing a lot more CGI than you would have if you would have maybe chose a city that had more to represent the, the subject matter. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was going to uh-huh. ask. If you do a lot of CGI, because I mean, you know, how do you make Times Square in Montreal? <laughs> well, yeah, oddly enough, we we chose an area that, and it happened to rain um, it, when it, it rained at one point, and there was this one area that had a lot of uh, you know a fair amount of lights, not a lot, but it had a lot of reflection in it. It kind of it was a, a jumping off point to think, hey, we use this as the plate um we can add to it and it had some architecture already so the guys weren't starting from scratch and it kind of gives it kind of gave it the right depth because a lot of problems when it's just pure cg 
um, you know, the artists who are doing the CG work maybe, you know, don't have the, the right depth cues and things to help them uh, create a realistic background. So mm-hmm. now, we, uh, we, we came together as a team and decided that was probably the best spot, you know, meaning the team being the CGI team and, uh, and the director of photography and Lee. So is it, is it your job or the cinematographer's job to, you know, sometimes, and, and, and I apologize for not knowing the terms. <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's okay. terms for this. But, uh, you know, sometimes you'll see a movie and the mood just looks dark and, and you know, depending on how it is. I, you know, like I said, I don't know how you guys do it, but you do it. <laughs> and it makes it you feel gloomy or, or tragic, you know. Um, is uh-huh. that something you oversee or is that something the uh, cinematographer oversees or... How does that work? Well, it's it's a, it's it's a, it's a combined effort, really. It's, it's down to the director and what he what he wants to see in that particular set, you know, in terms of mood, and what's the you know the storytelling device. So, um, we're we you know we go into it knowing that, like for instance, this movie, um, Andrew and I, Andrew Dunn and I, decided you know let's make everything very, very dark. And most of you know most of the walls just make dark, so Billy Holiday's costumes and character can sort of pop from the background. So I, I went darker with a lot of wall colors than maybe I normally would on a given film. Uh-huh. Uh, and and that was the sort of strategy that we came up with. Obviously, we have to pitch that to Lee, and you know we we did a lot of tests in the beginning. You know, where I I'll paint a section of wall and put some drapery on it and. And then they'll, they'll put Andrew in front of it with a couple of costumes, and we decide what's too dark, and you know, so on and so forth. So we kind of sort that out in the beginning. So we, yeah, we go in knowing that, and then you know, he's got to know what the practical lighting is, meaning what kind of lamp am I going to have, and then he decides what kind of bulbs he'll use for temperature and things like that. Uh, and then sometimes he may have to enhance the practical lighting, which is what set deck is basically putting in the in the set that we can see on camera. But sometimes, you know, it doesn't doesn't suit all the needs that he needs to, to bring light to someone's face or background, etc. So yeah, there, everything is pretty is, is planned out ultimately. Yeah. Well, I got I got to hand no, it not, to you. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's ha- there's not happy accidents and things like that don't happen, but yeah, um, everything you know, everyone's kind of got to got to know where it's where it's heading. So yeah, but I get you know, like I said, I got to hand it to you because the work that you do, uh, it just it makes our our movie viewing experience uh, you know something incredible because you know you're not really there and you're making us be there so that's it you know i got to hand right. it off to you for that oh gee well that's you know of course that's that's the fun part of it all absolutely yeah uh, and i and i was on this film in particular lee um i think adapted something that he had done on, on his uh, television show Empire, where he'd have design meetings every week, uh, and which included the, the costume designer, mm-hmm. um, production designer, cinematographer, um, um, and even the the assistant director who kind of runs the show schedule wise. Yeah, we'd all get into a room every week, and we, you know, we have our research boards, we have our swatches of material, you know, flooring, you know, whatever it may be, would be so represented. And we'd walk through it, and then Lee would show us some reference films that he was sort of digging a scene from, and we'd all just sort of, you know, chat as a bunch. And I, I got to say, I don't do that. You don't do that a lot on movies, mm-hmm. 
um, as often, and I thought it was really um, helpful on this film because of our short prep time and things like that. Mm-hmm. And it really brought us all on the same page, and Lee understood what he was walking into. Um, you know, yeah. once he starts shooting, uh, I'm still I'm still building or prepping things that are ten weeks out. You know, wow, he doesn't really know what it looks like, in, you know, in person. Yeah, until he most of the time walks on the set and is ready to shoot it. So, you know, that's those were the those are the nerve wracking days for us a, a little bit. Um, you know, hopefully. Yeah, everyone loves it, you know? This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Do you do a lot of set work, you know, uh, that you're on an actual film set? Or are you renting or, or you know, paying somebody to use their their house or their, you know, bar or whatever? Uh, is, is it done which way? Yeah, in, in this particular film, we use probably 90% um, locations. Wow. Um, and we built, uh, we built the Cafe Society Club. Uh, which represents about four or five sets, you know, with the dressing room, the entry, uh, the club area itself, and things like that. Um, and, you know, and that's a lot of times that's strictly budget. We just didn't have the money to build, you know, multiple sets, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So you go into a location, and, you know, I'll, I'll change the color. I may change the doors. Uh, you know, I could do quite a bit of work on a location, you know, barring we have the time and they allow us to. Right. <laughs> um, but in this case, you know, you have to get rid of all the sort of modern conveniences, you know, it's ceiling fans, um, wall switches, whatever it might be that sort of represents today, you have to make, you know, into yesterday. So you either got to take that down or cover it in some way. Yeah. Um, you know, all these things, you know, and, and even like street scenes, you have to get rid of every vehicle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we had, you know, even stuff that's beyond the set. You know, you see down the street, you know, two blocks where we only we may have only um, sort of rented in a, in a way uh, one block, right? And we have other stuff. You know, we'll end up parking a big vehicle in a way or something, something that helps us disguise the background. Or in that case, we may have to have a little CG help because you know we can't, we just couldn't afford to to you know acquire that much area to control. You know, yeah, huh. That's, that's and that's really that's the key word is control. You know, you want to be able to control all the environments. You know, from what we do as an art department to what they shoot on the day and all that. So that's really what you want to make the schedule work. Yeah. Um, so they get the shoot day on time, and we're on to the next one. You know. Now, have have you ever in any of the films that you've worked on? And like I was telling, you know, at the beginning, the introduction. I mean, you've worked on some huge films, but have you ever done a film? Where you missed something like a thermostat or a uh, a, a Corvette drives by in the the background when it should have been a nineteen fifty car or something like that is have you ever had that happen? Um, well, here's what could happen. Uh, let's say we prepare the set in the foreground, um, and then stuff happens in the background we can't control. Now, what you're going to count on is in post. 
is that uh, someone will get rid of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Because I, I'm I'm usually gone by the time we we, we we shoot the film, we wrap, and then I'm I'm off the movie. I'm on to the next, hopefully, or you know, yeah, <laughs> somewhere else. Then they go they they start cutting the film, and then it goes into post, and you know if there's any CGI work, all that's happening. So you hope that those things uh, will be caught and, and uh, moved out, you know, sort of erased, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing strikes me right, you know, when you ask the question, it's like, oh, my God, in this one film, we, you know, they saw this or they saw that. Yeah. Well, um, that's a good thing. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I, um, nothing jumps to mind that was, you know, like, oh, my God, I can't believe. I, I have more problems with when, you know, you build a set and you you design certain things or you choose a color, et cetera, and then you see it on, you see the movie and you... <laughs> They focused on an area, maybe on a corner that wasn't, you know, maybe supposed to be focused on so much, and we were hoping we saw that more, and then you just, like, cringe a little bit, like, oh, God, I wish I would have done more with that, you know? Yeah. Um, Because a lot of times you don't know exactly what you're shooting, you know, on the day. The director will come in with the actors, they'll they'll do what they call block to scene, which means so-and-so will sit there and then get up and walk over there and then they'll talk, etc. You don't always know what that's gonna, where they're going to land. Right, yeah. Uh, so you do your best to, to, to hit the, the three walls, if you will, um, and, you know, hopefully the layers and, and all the, the, the special items are, are in the shot, but sometimes, you know, it's just, they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Now, getting on to this film, uh, you had worked with Lee Daniels in the past on The Butler and The Paperboy. Now, is that what got you onto this film, because he had previously worked with you? Yes, I had done Paperboy with him, and I, I, and, uh, we, uh, I, did, I did only a portion of uh, The Butler, because I wasn't available at the time when he needed, needed me to start it. So um, I think I did the reshoots on that. And then what happened, uh, we, uh, he did another film. Uh, we were prepping a Richard Pryor movie. Um, you know, I don't know, maybe about four years ago now. Um, so I did that with him. So we scouted that in, in uh, Atlanta and things like that. So we spent some time there. And then then when Billy Holiday first passed, came around, that we started talking about that. So, yeah, I think, you know, he's... he. Uh, he likes me around, so I guess that's a, um, that's what brings you know that's kind of mostly how we get our work you know is yep. former people we've worked with and things like that so yeah. you you hope you get the call back usually you know yeah what made you get into this aspect of filmmaking well you know I didn't really know I was you know my 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 early intentions were not film because I just didn't really have access to it. I didn't really know a lot about it because I kind of grew up in a small town mm-hmm. um, and moved to LA when I was you know like twenty. And I I thought architecture would probably be my my path. Um, so I intended to go to school and and, uh, and sort of follow that path, you know. And what happened was a friend of mine who's who's um, now a uh, sort of big time uh, prop master. Um, said hey there's there's this place it's hiring where he was working at the time you should come down and check it out and uh they built sets for commercials and things like that i was like really you know i had no idea so i went down and uh ended up getting a job there and i was like 
oh my god what what is this world you know i had no idea um and you know the long story short i just sort of worked my way through the ranks there i mean starting as a, as a runner ultimately um and then i you know as as they understood what i could do um you know i could draft at that point pretty well so i ended up drafting for the shop therefore art directors would come in um who couldn't draft and i draft the sets for the shop to build and things like that so i kind of just you know fell into it ultimately wow. and uh and also the guy who owned that shop uh tom sanders who who designed um you know brave art and um saving Pratt ryan kind of my mentor if you will um owned that shop so he as he started to break away from that world i broke away with him and that's kind of how it started really hmm. Because wow. um, we, we went and did Days of Thunder, and then um, you know we did Hook after that, and then you know we were just we got on a run. Wow, <laughs> that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Now I know we're limited on time, and and you know looking through what you've done, there's so many questions that I could ask you because you, I mean, your list of, of movies you've worked on is incredible. But of all the movies that you've done, uh, is there one that was particularly? Um, I don't want to say difficult, but, but, you know, challenging for you? Um, Saving Private Ryan was, was, was the challenge, uh, and partly because of time. We, we, you know, this is sort of pre-CG a little bit, or CG was so expensive you just didn't go there. Right. We built, we built that whole town that you see in the, in the movie. So wow. every, there's no set extension. It's everything you see is in camera. So, that whole thing took about 20 weeks to build. Now, we built a, uh, a scale model. I think it was a 16th to the, to the foot or something, and showed that to Stephen. And, you know, I mean, it was really detailed, painted, aged, everything. You know, it was in there, broken bricks, just as you saw it. Yeah. Um, and we showed that to Stephen uh, while he was on another movie. I think he was doing... Uh, well, uh, we'll be about the slave ship. I can't think of the name of it, but anyway, we showed him that and said, "Okay." He said, "Go." <laughs> okay, it's like wow. So once we found the location in uh, northern uh, London, we just started building, and so ultimately built the town. He didn't see it to the day he arrived, which is about two weeks before we shot it, and that was very nerve wracking to, to to know that we we built all of that town. And so you just hope it's going to work, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember that being very stressful. Um, you know, it was a lot of, a lot of carpenters, a lot of big, big team on that, you know, Jeez. on it for, for, you know, for 20 weeks, uh, and onward. So, um, that one comes to mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a, that was, that was a scary one. Um, Second to that, um, Paperboy was tough because I had so little money. Um, I think I had a hundred thousand dollars in in, uh, in in my budget, you know, which mm-hmm. was you know that's like one set on a on a bigger movie, you know. <laughs> um, and trying to make all of the dollars work was uh, that was pretty stressful. It was my first time with Lee, and um, you know, I want I want him to be impressed, and you know, you want to do a good job and all that. So uh, that was probably. That was more of a money stress than than anything, as opposed to getting it done stress. Yeah. You know, on Private Ryan. Yeah. 
Well, so there's a couple. Yeah, Daniel, I, I know we're we're getting close to the end here, but um, I just wanted to finish up. Actually, there's a couple of questions, but I want to finish up with sure. uh, this question here. When you sit back and relax, taking us away from your your new movie, which is the United States versus Billy Holiday, uh, mm-hmm. when you relax. What do you watch on TV? What's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Well, I'm you know at this time I'm watching a lot of screeners for um, what's being you know sort of voted on and people are finding popular mm-hmm. to uh, heading their way to the Oscars and things like that. Um, I'm a big fan of the Ozarks television program. That's I think that one is quite is quite good. Oh yeah. Um, I just watched Mank, which I was well impressed with. That was uh, that was pretty, you know, beautiful, beautiful looking movie. Yeah. Um, Chicago Seven, I think, was another one that uh, played pretty well. Um, I just watched uh, United States versus Billy Holiday. Quite honestly, because I hadn't seen the finished product um, until like three days ago. Because mm-hmm. Hulu, Hulu just started sending out the screener on that one. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't seen it um, until. I think four months ago, I saw the first cut. I mean, we did reshoots and all kinds of things. Um, what else? Um, it's funny. I, I have a hard time going to movie theaters. I know this, you know, because of I get really um, bugged by other people uh, making noise or you know ruining the experience. So yeah, yeah. Um, I'm 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 working on that. <laughs> you might say. <laughs> but these days, you know, with all the streaming and everything, it's God, it's crazy. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, what else can I say? Um, TV shows. Uh, TV as, shows. Uh, from, from your past. I know you mentioned uh, Ozark, but from the past, when you were a kid, what were you, what were you watching back then? Oh, from my, oh, as a kid, I'm sorry. Um, God, you know, the Brady Bunch, uh, uh, Sanford and Son, uh, stuff like that. I remember uh, taking a school trip uh, in sixth grade and meeting the producers of Sanford and Son. You know, never knowing in my mind, I'd be you know on that side of the on right. that side of the world. But uh, I was very sort of struck, you know, struck by that, uh, understanding how that world worked and so on. Yeah. Um, you know, Gilligan's Island was always a favorite. You know. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. You know, I'm I'm 56 now, or just turned 57. So I'm you know kind of the, the 70s, I suppose. Million dollar, you know, six million dollar man was was huge. Hmm. Um, you know those sort of those sort of the, the Incredible Hulk was, was impressive. Um, those sort of things. You know those were uh, Columbo. You know, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff was watching. Uh, love um, Carol Burnett show. Um, I even find myself watching the old reruns today and just having a laugh. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's always good. Yeah. Saturday Night Live, I've always loved um, Johnny Carson. So a lot of humor. I, I you know, yeah. I, I like to uh, I like to go to bed with uh, knowing you know the humor in my head as opposed to the drama. <laughs> yeah. Well, Daniel, so, uh, do you have any projects that are, you're having the mix right now? Coming. Uh, I am. Ones? Yes, I'm. Cur- I'm yes, I'm currently prepping the next uh, installment of the Planet of the Apes series. Ooh, nice. So we're we're picking up. Um, all I can probably really say is we're picking up. Where they left off last time in some some fashion, um, um, yeah. So it's it's going to be probably another series of three. Wow! Um, but we'll work on the we'll work on the first one, you know, and then, then yeah. go forward from there. But 
Yeah, so I was just on, I was just on with the director before this call and talking about that. So, well, yeah, with COVID, it's it slowed us down. Is what's happened. We were supposed to be shooting already, and whoop, the brakes got put on. And we got you know mm. we're on a slow prep right now. Jeez, um, just a few of us. So yeah. that's been all year. Doing that. Well, Daniel, I, I cannot thank you enough. It's been fascinating to hear about this because this is something we don't usually hear about, you know, because everybody's talking to directors and actors and things like that. But uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, and everybody should be looking on um, Hulu, uh, on Hulu on February 26th for the United States versus Billy Holiday. It's going to be a great film. So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's my first podcast i want to thank daniel t dorrance for joining us here at on screen and beyond haven't had a production designer on here yet and now we have so i want to thank him for joining us and telling us what he does and you know that they make what the film looks like basically um and it's uh, just incredible what they do uh, they take us into different worlds they make us go back in time and it's just just amazing and I want to thank him so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. Well, if you are on uh, social media, you can like us on Facebook. If you are, uh, you know, just on one of the many, many, many places we are and listening to On Screen and Beyond, tell a friend, like us, uh, or follow us, or subscribe to us, or whatever they do on that particular one, and leave a review to let more people know about On Screen and Beyond. Love to get more people. If you want to get in touch with me, contact me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and I will get back to you. If you want to make a suggestion, you can do that for a guest. I'll do my best to what I can do to find that person. And uh, like I say, I'm still working. It will be for a long, long time now. I'm going to have to just stop talking about it and keep doing it. <laughs> but we're going to be getting all those 500 episodes up for you. So I hope you'll uh, stick around and uh, listen to all those. If you're new, if you were one of the people who have been with us since 2007, you know, you probably forgot what some of those were like listening to what those people were saying. You know, we've, uh, I'm going to put, I think, I'm thinking I'm going to put some up in blocks like uh, the Brady Bunch. You know, we've done quite a few of the Bradys and uh, Little House on the Prairie. We'll put them up in bulk, you know, and get you a chance to listen to each person on the uh, the TV show and give you a chance to hear what they say about it. But anyways, uh, we got a lot of stuff coming your way, so I hope you're going to keep listening. And that's a wrap for this episode of On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. Uh-huh.